0: Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch? The show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And this week, we are going to be talking about the Chiefs' triumphant return to the Super Bowl, and they will be facing off against a team they have already beaten in the Super Bowl. And what feels like... So long ago, actually, in February of 2020, and that is the San Francisco 49ers. Both teams punched their tickets, respectively, on Sunday, and will be facing off in Las Vegas. The Chief will the Chiefs will have the chance to win a home playoff game in Las Vegas before the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> now the Vegas Raiders have even played one, mm. so that's fun for everybody included, uh, and we'll just recap the championship games next week will really give our Super Bowl preview. Um Unless you want to really just recap the flag football from next weekend. David, how you feeling about that?
1: Ooh. Kind of forgot it was happening.
0: Yeah. So that so tells you, you anything. They uh, ran a commercial for it during the AFC championship game, and it said, like, skills challenge Thursday. And then Sunday it said flag football and more skills challenge. I was like, do we – could we, we have so many skills we couldn't do it on one night we had to, it's two two nights
1: like the relay Stick. race or like the the yeah,
0: dodgeball yeah. don't they do dodgeball they did dodgeball yeah. and the one where you'd like the weird catches that are actually kind of cool where they have to jump onto a mat when they're catching it uh-huh. you know what i'm talking about and
1: then like the quarterback's precision passing stuff like that There, there are a couple like interesting things but
0: yeah I mean anyway, we don't give a darn about time? the Pro Bowl. And yeah. nobody no. else does. So we're not gonna be talking about that because our team never plays in it. <laughs> they're busy or goals or... All right, David, let's let's recap these championship games. Let's get into it.
1: Mashup with the intro might be kind of fire. I guess we'll find Keep,
0: out. We, we will. Uh, Cancelled, by the way. Elvis canceled. Hasn't wait. Seen what'd Priscilla. he do? Oh, well Lot, <sighs> a lot, <laughs> a, a lot of not a lot of not great stuff. Um, as Baz Luhrmann did not show you. Um, championship weekend. The chiefs traveled to Baltimore, picked up a, another road victory. Patrick Mahomes has yet to lose a road playoff game in his career. He's whopping two and Oh, uh, 17 to 10 with the Chiefs scoring all 17 of their points in the first half. David, I was famously not confident in this game. I thought the Ravens had played really well all season. I, Thought that we had, in a way, won our Super Bowl against Buffalo, and that we were due for maybe a letdown spot. Um, and I was wrong at what point in this game did you feel confident that the chiefs were going to win it?
1: this It's tough because like you almost everything kind of blends together at this point, looking back, but mm-hmm. I f- for some reason, and this may not have been accurate in the game. But I felt maybe my maybe the answer is like the biggest boost of confidence from start to finish was honestly they going them going three and out and then the Chiefs driving down and scoring because that kind of happened. We had glimpses of that the last two weeks against Dolphins and Buffalo, and mm-hmm. I mean that that was going to have to happen. I feel like with you know being at Baltimore and what's happening, like the Chiefs were going to have to start. Pretty well to k- take Baltimore out of it, and um and I think they did. So I think I don't know. I, and I, of course, you're still nervous about the game. It's not like I'm just my feet are up, my kicking my feet up, and I'm good to go. Um, but that was the biggest thing was like when we immediately just stopped them. uh And actually, I think a pretty telling thing too was them going for it on fourth and da- fourth down on the first drive of the game. Mm-hmm. I think I don't know if it's called. I don't know if I would call it showing their hand, but I was like. Wow, are they really that concerned? Like, obviously, they, I mean, if they go for it on, on fourth down on the very first drive of the game, but you know, the Chiefs eventually stop them, hold them to a punt, and then, I mean, what ten plays, seventy-nine yards, four and a half minutes, and the offense scores to with a perfect, an absolute perfect, the best of the year. Maybe, pass. yes, and that's, I mean, it, it, insane, absolutely insane, and thirty-four-year-old mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey' ability to to turn his body around. 180 falling, catching that as he's falling, and um, you could have had honestly Revis Darrell Revis, you could have had Ed Reed, you could have had Paul. I don't know, you name anybody, and I I don't know if anybody could have gotten to that ball because Mahomes put that in literally the best spot. So, um, I think that one, and then I think really the the big one was when we forced the fla- the the fumble on Zay Flowers. I think what was there like maybe there was still some time left in this game um, and it was you know, by no means over at this point, but they kind of have been driving and it obviously it makes you a little bit of nervous, but they fumble it. Um, yeah. There's looking back at this play and it's, it's the end of, Oh, sorry. It's the very first play of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. They had driven down the entire field and it's kind of like, oh, okay, they're getting a little momentum. Big play to save flowers, um, and then Snead with literal defensive play of the game. I don't know. There were a lot of good defensive plays, but to to pop that ball out, I think that is when I actually was like, I don't. I think we're good. Like mm-hmm. we started an entire fourth quarter, but they had finally put together a whole drive for them to fumble it in the end zone, Chiefs get it back. And I, I think that completely took the wind out of their sails. It completely stopped momentum. And I genuinely, I don't think from there I was very concerned. And then obviously the next time they get the ball, they drive again. Lamar throws it into triple coverage. It's picked. And I think then you're like, okay, this game's over. Um, You, you know, I, I think you felt this too. A little part of it was like, you know, twitching from like old Chiefs where it's like the game's not over. Are we going to blow this lead? But for a majority of the part, I was like, no, like – we're good. Yes, I would agree. Mahomes has 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 gotten rid of all of those ghosts and all of the the fear of classic Chiefs blunders, and um, it just it felt it felt good. Um, I, I was concerned, and you may get to this, so I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I was at first disappointed with the offense in the second half, but then kind of hearing Mahomes talk about how he's learned. To he has to learn this kind of game managing side of his quarterback play and not always trying to play hero ball. Right. I was less disappointed because it felt evident that he was just trying to manage the game, not turn the ball over, be smart because he knows, you know, if if we turn the ball over, that significantly puts this Ravens offense at an advantage. So maybe a little more disappointment. Like, okay, could we could we have gotten something? But it sounds like they were intentional, like just. We trust this defense. Um, let's just run the clock, protect the ball, and we'll be good. And, and they were. and, and It's mm-hmm. working out so far. And mm-hmm. obviously, there's a different sense of urgency in the Super Bowl. Um, right. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with this win. And, man, it's just the Chiefs just prove another team wrong. And we even probably second-guess ourselves throughout the week of all the talk that the Ravens are getting or all the Bills are getting or the Dolphins are getting. But they go into someone else's stadium. They kick their feet up, and they eat their food, and Chiefs are in the Super Bowl.
0: Yep. Um, I, a couple of things. First, I think that you're right about Mahomes managing the game. What I will say, though, is a great way to manage the game is by just scoring touchdowns.
1: <laughs> That's And very then
0: um, you don't have to worry about the other team coming back because if you just keep scoring touchdowns. I I think our offense played well and what's we can just do that we can just do that now so we can get that out of the way cuz I think the true star and, and what people have rightfully kind of recognized is Spagnuolo in the, in the defense. I mean mm-hmm. that's really what held the Ravens to a season low in a lot of areas and um I think the Ravens forced the Ravens to get away from their game plan a little bit um when we had a lead it Spags is just excellent with playing with a lead, excellent with halftime adjustments. Two things. First, I I like that we run the football. I like that we're trying to slow everything down. But we needed two turnovers in the end zone um, in order to hold the Ravens there. Now, one of them was Lamar just made a bad decision. That, that throw to likely into triple coverage was just not a good idea. I don't really know what his thought process yeah. was because they were down two scores on that possession. They needed to have something. They needed points on mm-hmm. that possession. So if you don't have anything there, you are more than happy to send Justin Tucker, one of the greatest kickers of all time, out there to get at least keep you in the game by getting you three points. The other one, though, is Zay Flowers reaching for the goal line, which it's the old Bill Belichick thing everybody talked about. Like, unless it's fourth down, don't reach for the goal line because if you fumble, you're screwed. And he just a perfect punch out uh, right before he – I thought it was a touchdown when I saw it live. I was like, Yeah, I was like, please, please be out, please
1: be out, please please be out. It doesn't matter, (laughs) but
0: then it was out. Um, So you need both of those things. And the Ravens did not – play to their strength. I don't know why they didn't play to their strength, but they ran the ball eight times. Not counting Lamar scrambles. Well, what are they doing? They, this is a team That's that crazy. had dominated all year. The chiefs are pass defense is fantastic. Their run defense leaves a bit to be desired. Um, wow. They're missing one of their fastest linebackers who could stop those Lamar designed runs. And yet they, they're, Seemed to be no effort from the Ravens. So I thought that was kind of troubling. But if you're a Ravens fan, but whatever. I'm, I'm going to take the, take the win here. Uh, but I want to talk about the offense real quick, David. I'm just going to throw a couple of stats at you. First one, you already know with 156 receptions, Travis Kelsey is now the all-time leader in playoff receptions. I want you to guess how many yards he has. And he's played 21 games. How many yards and touchdowns do you think he has in his playoff career?
1: I thought I remember hearing like he he's had like a all pro season admit in the playoffs alone. I'm gonna say he's had like ooh, 21 games, playoff games he's been in, right? You said
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm gonna say he's at like 1350 with um 12 touchdowns because mm-hmm. that's an exceptional you're, season now there's there's four plus there's four more games I guess but
0: okay so you're way off um he no. has over 1,800 yards and 19 oh, touchdowns so in 21 games and now I will say the majority of these yards and touchdowns obviously come after Patrick Mahomes arrives because they are playing more games um all but two of his touchdowns were scored since Patrick Mahomes has been the starter. And also, if you do, I can't do quick math on the yards because I'm not that good, but it's about 1,400 yards that he has. Um, maybe a little bit over that with Patrick Mahomes alone. They're obviously also, they've they've continued to go up, but they passed, then the first playoff game, I believe, they passed... Um, mm-hmm. Brady and Gronk for most like touchdowns by a duo all the time 16. in the playoffs. Yes. And they're continuing and to
1: done that a couple times at this point.
0: They're continuing to do that. He is about 400 yards short and about three touchdowns short of the records that Jerry Rice has also in touchdown, playoff touchdowns and playoff yards receiving yards. And he'll get there. I think yeah, he'll get there. And he, he might year, get but- there. Yeah. Jerry Rice also just put into context, like not in a pass heavy league was just yeah. Jerry Rice is yeah. just ridiculous. And I don't think but I think people see see Randy Moss highlights and see Calvin yeah. Johnson and say things like, Oh, is Jerry Rice actually that? Yes. Yeah. Jerry mm-hmm. Rice was amazing. It's unbelievable yeah. how good his stats are.
1: Counter to your counter though, crazy that a tight end is breaking all of these league these records.
0: Absolutely. I mean, he's clearly the focal point of a lot of defenses for the last four or five years when playing the Chiefs, and it hasn't seemed to matter. Um, I don't get that. He is the greatest receiving tight end of all time, I think, at this point, which is wild for me to say because in my mind, I know everybody loves Gronk, and Gronk was great, but the best ability is availability, and Gronk did not have that at many points and times during his career. I never thought somebody would pass Tony Gonzalez. And I think that, I mean, you, there's people who may cling to Tony Gonzalez and say if Tony Gonzalez had great quarterback play because he wasn't the beneficiary of having great quarterback play. I mean, he, in Atlanta, he had Matt Ryan. And that was by far the best quarterback that he had during his career. I just never thought somebody would pass Tony Gonzalez in my eyes. Um, and I would love to see what a, what Tony Gonzalez would have been able to do with in this system with Patrick Mahomes. But just based on numbers, big game performances, I think Travis has passed him. Like I don't care about the all-time tight end conversation. That's a debate that's going to happen when he retires. But just as a chief, I never thought anybody was going to pass Tony Gonzalez. For a long time, Mm -hmm. it was we... Tony Gonzalez is far and away the best player on our team and is maybe one of the best three best players in franchise history. And Travis has just supplanted him um, with just how amazing he's been. And he... He was not astounding this regular season. He still had near a 1,000 yards, Mm -hmm. uh, but his touchdown output was way down from what it normally is, what it's been the past four or five years. And so people were looking at that and seeing that and saying, okay, uh, well, maybe he's washed. And then he comes out in the playoffs and he's just determined he's scoring and he is coming up with big receptions and big moments. I mean, he's just coming through. For them yeah um, and I, I I I mean before the playoffs I would have thought mm, this could be Travis's last year depending on how the playoffs go but now that he's playing like this I'd imagine even if they lose the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl whatever the outcome I think he comes back for another year did you hear the quote
1: now I know it's caught up in the moment he's even exaggerating and joking but while they're kind of receiving maybe even they're on their way to the stage to receive the trophy he like looks at Pat laughing and hugging him. He's like, I could do this for 11 more years, you know? Now, obviously he's in the moment and exaggerating, but it, it doesn't seem like he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm done playing football for the rest of my life after this year. Like, it really mm-hmm. doesn't seem like that. I don't, and I don't get the vibes from Andy as well. I don't, mm-hmm. PFF just continues to not to call out some, but like, they just continu- they're they are continuing writing these articles of like, is Andy going to retire? And there are just so many sources close to Andy and the chiefs that have like no evidence that, He's going to retire, which is good. And as long as I, Andy's coaching and Mahomes is quarterback, and obviously Kelsey helps, but as long as for sure the quarterback and coach stay the same, Chiefs are going to be good, and I'm confident yeah. in that.
0: Yeah, four Super Bowl appearances in six years. Um, Patrick Mahomes is now tied for third in playoff wins with quarterbacks. Um, six years which then. is Which is ridiculous. He is tied with, I believe, um, Bradshaw and Elway for for third all-time, I think those are...
1: I know Montana's at 16, and Brady's at 34, 35. Yeah, which
0: the, every time, this is... I know Patriots fans are not happy with probably most of what's happening right now, but it's got to be nice that every time people are like, Patrick Mahomes is insane, it always just dovetails into a... But remember how insane Tom Brady was? The fact that Tom Brady's at 34, like that's just... That's so crazy! How long that is one of those
1: crazier st- stats. It's like he 34. was so
0: dominant for such a long period of time. Um, David, I'm gonna ask this: is is Travis Kelsey having the best year of any person that's ever had in a ca- like a calendar year ever?
1: Man, that is a loaded question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let, let's just narrow. Let's narrow it down. Let's narrow it down to athlete. Okay, so Travis. Okay, so not Jason
1: Smith a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah,
0: no. So Travis in last uh, last year February won a Super Bowl. Travis has started and has possibly the most successful sports podcast um, on the planet right now with his brother Jason, whom he gets to spend a lot of time with and clearly has an amazing relationship with. His city Travis hosted
1: the NFL draft.
0: Tra- Sure, I don't and know. He showed up. He, showed up, he showed up. He was, he like, was there, yeah. sure, sure. Travis then, um, kind of was publicly not rejected, but a little rejected by Taylor Swift, but then went on to date her. The most famous person outside of maybe a politician on the planet right now is Taylor Swift, okay? And now he's playing in another Super Bowl. Is 34 years old, seems to be having the time of his life. His girlfriend is his beautiful, famous, amazing girlfriend goes to every single one of his games and cheers him on. He just gets to hang out with his best friend and make millions of dollars catching a football, which he is incredibly good at and is going to yet another Super Bowl and could possibly win two it, back to back and have his third overall. I'm just I'm just putting it out there. Like, it's got to be a top five, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm counting year for an I'm, athlete. Like, it's. I'm trying I, to
1: think I, of somebody. That...
0: I mean, to have your on the field and off the field life be going so well at the same time, it's it's got to be amazing. I mean, he he's got to be so happy with just everything that's happening right that's now. That's
1: crazy. I mean, I can't think of anybody. I... And there might be like someone, wasn't... but.
0: Like yeah, no, I don't know. No, I don't think we've we've never had, and I could I could be wrong about this because I don't I'm not super into the athlete dating history, but I don't think we've ever had like a more visible athlete like celebrity couple. People forget you, Josh Allen started dating Haley Steinfeld, who was an actress and decently famous pop star at the beginning of the year. And that was a power couple for like three minutes until Travis and Taylor thing started. And people have completely forgot about them. Those are two very famous yeah. people. In any other world, they're the most famous like celebrity athlete couple on the planet. Nope, not, not anymore. Yeah. Like, well, I just, I don't know. What's funny too
1: is the Bills like had the Taylor Swift name food and people were like, they're, your quarterback's dating a famous person too and Haley Steinfeld's not getting anything named after her. The right. Bills fans were not happy. It's like, wait a second, right. hold on. Right. But yeah,
0: that's, oh. I hadn't thought about that, dude. He's. And I would also like to pile on to these people who have been piled on a lot. Um, if you're mad about Taylor Swift being on the broadcast for 35 seconds of a three and a half hour game, shut up. Shut all the way up. I've actually come full circle. I was a little because there was a point in time where every every time the Chiefs were getting mentioned, it felt like it was also with Taylor Swift. And that's still happening now. But now that it's making everybody else hate us so much and making them also mad, I love it. I love Taylor. I love that Taylor's at the games. I think it's fun. I think she has a good time. They cut to useless crowd shots all the time anyway. Might as well cut to somebody I know and kind of care about their reaction rather than just drunk shirtless guy in the front row who's happy we kicked a field goal. Like, <laughs> I don't I don't understand the, the – well, I do understand the anger. I, I do understand why it's happening. I think it's because a lot of these people are stupid and insecure and misogynistic. But I, I'm starting to – I like come all the way around to where I was a little annoyed with it, but now I'm just like, yeah, mention Taylor as much as possible because it pisses these people off and Mm -hmm. we keep winning.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a report that CBS showed Taylor for 44 seconds during Sunday's game. Yeah. And that's nothing quote, a, uh, Per a a Twitter account, CBS showed crab cakes and aquarium B-roll footage for more combined time than they showed Taylor Swift. Let's calm down. Exactly. (laughs) Come on, guys. I even saw a stat like the 17 games combined, Taylor Swift was shown for a total of a minute and 40 seconds like all
0: year for 17 (laughs) games. Like, why are we... (laughs) People just need to calm down. Like, I don't... People made such a big deal out of nothing. And now it's the backlash, I think, is, is deserved um, for the people that were complaining about that. I won't lie, at the beginning, I was like, the first game, it was really cool when she was there. And then it was like, now it's all we're talking about. I was like, okay, this is getting a little annoying. And things are worse when you're losing. But we're winning in the playoffs. We're having a good time. But I have the same opinion of Taylor that I do of Brittany. Like, people that get mad about... Um, the the girlfriends and wives of the NFL who loudly cheer and support their husbands and 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 boyfriends while they're playing that's just stupid. Um yeah. I would expect it, I it, I mean Travis did do the same thing whenever he was off he went to Argentina to go and watch her perform. I would expect the you know a loving spouse, a loving significant other mm-hmm. to do the same thing in reverse in the situation. I don't understand why it's ever been people have ever been vilified for that. Um, I think that's really stupid, so I, I don't know. I enjoy it.
1: Yeah. Um. Before we move on, kind of looking – I haven't actually looked at the box score, like, with this much time yet. And I, I'm blown away, honestly, by how efficient and balanced this offense was. That's kind of where we you started mentioning um, before we got mm-hmm. to Travis. So they ran the ball 32 times, and they threw the ball 30 times. Mahomes, 30 for 39 – 241 yards. Um, that's just crazy, really, how balanced that is. They ran the ball two more times, and Mahomes only had nine incompletions, zero turnovers. Um, I I just am impressed with how broken it seemed this offense was, just how smooth things seemed to be, and that there wasn't a single fall. I don't know if we've had a false start this playoff. Um, we've had a couple holdings, a couple of which one of which was awful call that took back a touchdown Sunday. Um, Mm -hmm. There's not been like a legal motion or legal formation. I've not like these things that, you know, we got so used to in the regular season that shouldn't really be that big of an issue, which was why we were so frustrated. It's not been an issue so far. And uh, that's just really reassuring to see. I think part of me is still nervous for the Super Bowl because it's like, do I completely believe that, we won't make a mistake like that, you know, but it's been three games now and they've been on the road. Nathan, do you believe that they've fixed it? Or is there a party that's still like, I feel like there's going to be a holding or a false start or a dumb drop in a crucial moment of this game? Or do you really kind of feel like, I don't know, this team feels like they're locked in and good to go.
0: I mean, you never know what can happen. I think there's always that fear. I'm also just, um, which my girlfriend discovered when she was watching this playoff game with me. Um, I'm just a pessimist by nature when it comes to the Chiefs especially and so I'm always going to have like doubt in my mind um, I'm always going to not believe I'm always going to think we're going to screw something up and and a lot of times in the regular season this year I was actually right about that but it seems like there's been a concerted effort since the loss to the Raiders which I think was by far the worst loss like yes the 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 bills game and the Packers game and the Eagles game and large part were games we should have won that we didn't, but the, the Raiders loss really hurt, like really, really stung. And I think messed a lot of, uh, of the team up. It's there's been a concerted effort to simplify things since then. I don't think there's running as many complex formations as they normally do. I think that they are found the guys that they need to rely on. There's look, there's three, there's three people on the offense that are good like that are good playmakers aside from Patrick Mahomes. They're not saying the other guys can't make plays, but there's three consistent playmakers, Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice, and Isaiah Pacheco. Those are the three playmakers. Those are the three guys you want to lean on. And it seems like they've just made an effort to do that more. They haven't tried to rely on the depth. They're not trying to get, I mean, they gave McCall Hardman the ball once, but they're not trying to get McCall Hardman involved. They're not trying to get Richie James involved. They're not really trying to get Dustin Watson involved. Not saying that these guys won't make plays every once in a while, but there's not a concerted effort to spread Mm -hmm. the ball around. They know who they're going to target. They know what they need to do. And that seems to be working for them. And once you take the pressure off of the other guys, it seems like they've responded case in point. Marquez valdez Scantling, who in the last two games has come up with numerous big, difficult catches in clutch moments, has completely redeemed himself. And maybe we were too hard on him, although some of those plays were atrocious, has redeemed himself in the eyes of Chiefs fans because he, he look. He showed up when it mattered. He did this in the AFC championship game last year. We hadn't really been relying on him all year. He hadn't really made that many plays. And then we play against the Bengals. It's clear. They're trying to shut Juju down. It's good. They're trying to shut Travis down. Where do we go? We have a guy Marquez. And so mm. he, he's showing up in those big moments and I think you got We had a couple of nice catches from, from other members of the team. I mean, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is good for one or two burst plays a game. Justin Watson, like that's what those guys' roles should be. And I think that that's been the effort recently in the back half. uh, Well, since the new year, essentially since 2024 hit, I think that's been more of an effort. And I think it's paying off now.
1: Yeah. Per the uh, analytics, the Chiefs had zero drops in Sunday's game, uh, which is impressive. Uh, Kelsey, Mm -hmm. 11 receptions on 11 targets. Rasheed Rice eight receptions on nine targets. MVS two for two. Watson one for two. Pacheco four for four. Like it's just it's just crazy to see. Um, I, I was joking with the group. There's a couple people over at our house watching it, and this timing couldn't have been better. But on the drive, Justin Watson got a 16 yard catch on third down. I was like, we've not targeted Justin Watson yet, and just about once a game, he's good for like a 15 to 20 yard like kind of a intermediate deep deep ball. Um. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then in that drive, he hits that like clutch kind of, I don't know if it's a flag route or something to kind of that intermediate route and a 16 yard play. And I just, I thought that was really funny because literally once mm-hmm. a game, it's like, where's Justin Watson on that one clutch play. But, um, I, I think you're right. I-, I like Kelsey is stepped up or she rice is comfortable enough that like those two guys are getting a lot of the attention and like MVS and Watson, like you said, there's not as much pressure to have to make this big play and um and even on that last play if you look both uh safeties crashed in on Rasheed Rice now I'm sure it was Mahomes was looking off whether he was looking at Rasheed or looking him off knowing he wanted to go to MVS but either way both safeties bit on Rasheed Rice leaving MVS one-on-one with um the DB who did throw a punch before the game um kind of behind him so it was really a much easier play because Rasheed Rice was able to pull that safety off so mm-hmm you got to have a guy step up and MVS did because, you know, obviously Kelsey and rice can't make every single play. Uh, I did see a tweet that was pretty funny though. It was like, Kelsey Pacheco rice, Kelsey Pacheco rice, Kelsey Pacheco. Right. And it said like, just, just repeat this, rinse and repeat every single, you know, the whole game. Cause you don't, you don't need yep. to go to anybody yep. else. So yeah, just really impressed with this offense. I know it's just 17 points, but um. I feel good. Hey, I, quick shout out to Nick Algretti. Um, you—it's kind of hard to—I don't know—replace an All-Pro offensive lineman. And Absolutely. I he, here's notice. how you know, like an offensive lineman. Yeah, that's how you know an offensive lineman did his job. Is like I forgot that we had a backup at left guard. Yep. Didn't notice him all game, which yep. means he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Yep. Dion Bush got three snaps, and one of those he picked off Lamar. Like it's just like little, like it's just crazy. You need—you don't know this, but you kind of need. Random guys to step up, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. and they did in this moment, and that's how you know the team's coached well, and there's a good culture. Is like no names can make plays mm-hmm. and and be the difference. So mm-hmm. yeah, good win for the Chiefs and uh, another Super Bowl. It's just it it hasn't kicked in, even though it's happening a lot. It's still <laughs> just kind of crazy.
0: I do really quick uh, want to give the defense their flowers, pun intended, um, just because I think they deserve it. They have allowed ten second half points all playoffs. So less than four points a game in the second half. And um, that's just been incredibly important for the Chiefs because the offense, quite honestly, hasn't performed in the second halves the way we wanted them to. Um, Some of that is by design. Some of that is because they're deliberately slowing the game down, trying to waste clock. But some of that has been they just haven't been as successful in their drives in the second half they start out hot and then they trail off it doesn't matter because this defense is just smothering people in the second half especially i i um i feel like time and time again we we have a bad start we allow a team to drive down the field on the first drive and in the bills game it was the first half the the bills were doing whatever they wanted and then uh, coming out of halftime spags the halftime adjustments it just smothers them just mm-hmm. absolutely smothers. him. this week it was on Lamar. It was changing up the pressure. It was clear he was uncomfortable all day. And so we were mm-hmm. rushing for and just having him sit back and making Lamar think, do I need to stay in the pocket and pass? He was taking longer than he normally does to decide to run, which I'm fine with. I'm happy. And then he was running and getting caught from behind. We weren't, we allowed a couple of bigger plays, but we don't allow gash plays. And then when they would send blitz, he just clearly wasn't ready for it. And Spags seemed to know exactly what to do to get him off balance in the moment. And Lamar did not have a good game as a passer and seemed uncertain as a runner in many cases. So I, I think that obviously the offense did enough to win this game, but the defense really won the team this this game. Um, yeah. Omineh Hughes ACL tear is going to be a big blow. Um, he was doing really well as a pass rusher. That's going to definitely hurt. I liked mm-hmm. the way Carl Loftus has played. I really hope that we get Willie Gay back for the Super Bowl. I think he is very important. I'm excited to see what Spags does against Purdy um, because this is – I mean, I, we can have the is Brock Purdy a lead, is Brock Purdy a top-10 quarterback conversation all day. Brock Purdy is without a doubt the worst or second worst, depending on your opinion, to a quarterback the Chiefs are going to play. Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, the last two opponents that they have played, the last two quarterbacks they've played, far better than Brock Purdy. And so I, I think it's going to be – is Bags just going to be game planning more for a guy like Christian McCaffrey or is the game plan unsettled Brock Purdy and everything else falls apart? I'm just really interested to see how he chooses to handle that. Generally, with less experienced quarterbacks, with um, – Quite frankly, worse quarterbacks, you blitz a lot. And Spaggs loves to blitz anyway. He loves to blitz good quarterbacks, but you normally blitz bad quarterbacks because you try to hurry them up. They make bad throws. They're normally not great against blitz. I wonder if we dial up the pressure in the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was Dan Orlovsky was kind of reviewing the Chiefs defense, and he said that Chiefs showed six different formations um, against Baltimore. They were in a, their, their base defense, um, a 4-3, they showed a three-three um, with five D backs. They showed a four-two-five, which is just your classic nickel. Um, they even showed. He said that at one point they showed a four-one-six, um, putting Nick Bolton on the outside and Justin Reed at the middle linebacker spot. Like, yep, like I five remember or six that exact different formation. defenses. It's like, and he talked about how, like the offense usually dictates we're going to show this, and the defense needs to respond. And I, I can't imagine like going out there and seeing like not just like a couple different rotations or, you know, why is the DN in standing instead of in a, with his hand in the dirt, like six different com- complete different formations. Like, I, I mean, Lamar had to be in seeing ghosts and it, it kind of looked like he, he had happy feet all day. It looked like he was just did not look comfortable. And it, it had to have been just cause it's like, how are, what defense are they in now? Like what's happening? You know? So yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really is impressive. And I'm, I'm blown away even by these guys. Like, how do you, they they talk about making adjustments at halftime they didn't practice at all in the week like how do you like how do you know this stuff um and so i yeah i've been blown away and props I'm, and defense wins championships and we might get one because of them
0: this is exactly what they wanted to do with this defense and you saw the the bones of it last year but they want to get younger they want to get cheaper but they also want to get smarter they want the and spags talks a lot about guys like sneed guys like nick bolton guys like Trent McDuffie, guys who are just, they they just are smart. They know what they're doing. They, they know the spots that they need to be, and they have instinct. They know how to switch things up on the fly. You can throw different formations at them. You can tell them they have to respond in different ways than what the game plan was, and they're going to be able to adapt to it. They want young, adaptable guys on the defense, and that's what they have right now, and that's why it's working. Yeah, I mean, we were missing Willie Gay, who was – going to be, I'm sure, a crucial, crucial part of stopping Lamar because he was going to be the spot. Willie Gay is by far the fastest linebacker that we have on the roster. Um, and when we ha- play running quarterbacks, that is his job. He runs sideline to sideline, north-south if he has to, to stop, prevent big plays from running quarterbacks. And he wasn't there. Um, and they were still able to respond. And it was this game was different, especially that they didn't, it wasn't like the Baltimore game. They didn't, you know, let let up in the first half, get some points on them, and then tighten up in the second half. They were tight from the get go. They were ready yeah. to go from the get go, and so uh, and forcing the turnovers. I mean, you can't ask them to do any more. They held the team to ten points. They forced three turnovers, two of which were in the end zone. That has been don't break. That you can't ask a defense to do more. So mm. I'm I'm really hoping that we continue this into the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, and one, one quick note. I can't find the stat, which I, I was trying to find it. But um, as far as the the offensive line and their the rate at which they win on their on any given down, um, Ravens, Dolphins, and Bills were all like in the top seven in the league at winning like their pass block rate, and um, the Niners are twenty ninth, um, and so. Even even now, there are some chiefs kind of analysts and podcasters um, I like that I follow that like if if we can get we can get pressure to Purdy. Um, we we've seen far superior offensive linemen already, so they're like we need to take advantage of that. And because it, it may be a long day, you know. And so hopefully they can take advantage of that. And I trust Bags. We've been bragging on him, and he's going to see weaknesses, flaws, and expose them the best he can. But I am excited just to see what do they do. And we talked about this, but like. Just get to halftime, honestly. Like, Even yeah. if we're struggling in the first half, keep it within a score. Let's get to halftime because then I have confidence in this defense to adjust and the offense uh, to find the holes. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I don't want to wait a week and a half uh,
0: for this I, Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't either. I think I'm guilty of this. Um, I think a lot of us at large are guilty of this, but I often overrate the um, 49ers offensive line just because they have Trent Williams. I'm like, well, yeah, well, well yeah, that's right, you're not getting past Trent Williams, but guess what? They have other guys on the offensive line that you can't get mm-hmm. past, so yeah, he's gonna be a problem. He's definitely gonna make one or two ridiculous blocks. He's probably gonna pull out on the screen with McCaffrey and crunch two guys, and I'm gonna be like, oh my gosh, what are we going to do about this? But that's not gonna happen every play. Um, the Lions were able to get pressure against them, and so I guess we should we should talk about that game. Come on, is this Is this like the saddest loss in Lions history? I mean, I I know that you can say they made it to the NFC Championship game, and that's you know, that's a moral victory, although I I doubt I doubt any of the players would say this. I mean, some of the fans might in a couple of weeks, but would would declare anything a moral victory or say that there is such a thing as a moral victory. But to be up that much, to be thoroughly dominating the 49ers and then you have a couple of plays not go your way, then a couple of decisions that are maybe a little questionable, and all of a sudden you are you you go from up seventeen at half to home watching the Super Bowl. That's it's not the most epic playoff collapse ever. There's been worse. Falcons, the Chiefs actually have had a worse playoff collapse, but it's just got to be so punishing to be a Lions fan to, to see that happen.
1: Yeah. Nathan, what's a worse scenario? What happened Sunday? A a blowout, just a dismantle, um, like Ravens Niners in the regular season for reference, or just a, a back and forth game. Niners win on a game winning field goal. Which one is more, just a heartbreaking like twist of the knife in the heart? Is it this, or you think there was another way?
0: I think it's this because it's yeah. it's t- it's at halftime you're thinking thirty minutes. And we're in the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. We went, yeah. went from not being, haven't won a playoff game in three decades to 30 minutes we're in the Super Bowl. Like, that's all it's going to take. I, I've seen what it's like. The, the 2019 AFC Championship game loss sucked so much for us. And, um, because we thought that we had made enough plays in the second half, and we just didn't get the opportunity with the the overtime coin to Tom Brady we just didn't get the chance Tom Brady drove down the field and scored our defense wasn't stopping anybody, but the Bengals one was way worse, and you know why it's because we were up. Because we're mm-hmm. up at halftime, and you're thinking, we have this. I, what was it, 20- 21
1: to 3 or 21 to 7? It was something like, it, you know.
0: Yeah, there's nothing worse than having, a like, a multiple score lead going into half and then having it taken away from you because it's just you have the hope you're already in your mind making plans even if you don't want to hope even if you're the most pessimistic fan ever you're up 17 points against the 49ers at half brock purdy has looked like a shell of himself they can't get anything going on offense their defense is not able to stop the lines they're scoring at will and you were thinking oh my gosh we're we're we can really do this. I mean, we're we're really gonna do this, and then to just fall apart. And they had some brutal, brutal bad bounces. I mean, the Brandon IU touchdown was ridiculous. That's a mm-hmm. once in a million play that just happens. But they could have helped it. There were some points where, I mean, I, we should just talk about it. Going for it on fourth. Um. When three points, they could have kicked a field goal and tied the game. Instead, they went for it and were then down. They they were down to the 49ers on a fourth and three and within a 45-yard field goal is what it would have been. Dan Campbell chooses to go for it. They Jared Goff rolls out to the right, is not able to hit the wide receiver. They do not convert on the fourth and three. 49ers get the ball back up three, drive right down the field, score a touchdown. I mean, that was... They, that wasn't the exact moment I felt like. I, I don't know if that's the one thing that cost them, but you got to look at that. What, David, what were you thinking when Dan Campbell makes that decision?
1: Um, I, was, uh, I was pretty shocked. I know, I mean, this is something that he's done all season. And quite frankly, maybe one of the reasons that they're in this game is because they've been, you know, I have confidence. We're going for it. Everyone's mm-hmm. behind me. We trust each other. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm honestly more blown away by the turn them them going for it on their first possession of the second half, even more than that one on their second to last possession. And here's why: it is twenty four to seven. They they're up at half. The Niners drive down, get points on the board. It's twenty four to ten. Then the Lions drive and um, on fourth and two, they're at the San Francisco twenty eight. Like, dude, there's so much game left. You're up four, you're up two touchdowns. You are just scratching into the third quarter, and you have the chance to go up three possessions, which is huge. Okay, so let's. They don't get it. Boom, Niners get all the momentum. They they didn't get points, but they held you on fourth down after just scoring all the momentum even more. They drive down and score. I, you know, Jameer Gibbs in the first play fumbles it. They drive down and score again. And then the, the Lions punt, Niners kick a field goal. And then here, they're down three points, and there's seven and a half minutes left. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I understand like the, this being your identity, but at what point is it, this is my identity, and this is just bad coaching, and the moment's too big for me? Because if, if, if you you need to change your identity if if it's losing you football games and i understand that this is this is who he is but like dude there's 7 minutes left kick the field goal we'll tie the game because let's say they do drive down and score well now you're only down a touchdown but because you don't get it now you're down Multiple scores when they drive down and score a touchdown, and your, your back's against the wall. And I just. And I you know, got to get an I, onside kick, which nobody's get getting. Now. Kick.
0: You can't get an onside kick now. Yeah. I don't know, remember what the stat was, but it used to be you get an onside kick like 10% of the time, and now it's like less than 2% of the time. And you're yeah. not getting an onside kick. And oh, yeah, so I get
1: that, but it's like there was, dude, you have to take the points.
0: Like you got to. Yeah. And they even had some bad clock mismanagement at the end of the game. Because they're driving down, so they, they score that last touchdown with 56 seconds. But they were running the freaking ball down there when they had no time and were just letting seconds bleed off the clock. It's possible they could have forced the, they could have kicked it deep and forced the 49ers to get a first down. I don't know if that's a great scenario, but that's a heck of a lot better than trying to get an onside kick. You're way more likely to stop them and then maybe get something. Yeah. Because they, they would have had like, like a minute point, and a half and at three, three time timeouts they, they, or something. And they needed a field goal. And yeah. instead... They run the ball. They have to use timeouts. They're bleeding clock. And then they have to get this onside kick. And if they don't get the onside kick, that's the ball game. It's just it, – they didn't play particularly well in the second half. And the 49ers definitely capitalized on some mistakes. But at the end of the day, it seems like they were just shooting themselves in the foot. And that's what you be agree.
1: Worse. If you're the Lions, wouldn't you agree that the number one priority has to be like stop the bleeding, stop the momentum,
0: right? Yep. Yep, yep. You're just so trying to get I feel like a getting just
1: any points. Any points, I feel like, would help with that.
0: Um, yeah. They come out, to kick a field like, goal, and you're like, yeah. okay, we got something. And then immediately, they're scoring a touchdown next drive, and you're like, okay, here we go. Like, we're we're mm-hmm. now back fully. Yeah. And it doesn't help.
1: Jameer, I think that was the second fumble the entire season. Happens on the first play. Sometimes then they drive down and score happens. again. And it's, it's just like kind of the snowball effect. And you could kind of tell... You could tell this in the Ravens, especially that with their four personal fouls, with the taunting, with the headbutts, with the talking, and even kind of with the Lions as things kind of started to spiral. The teams that won Sunday were the more you could tell were the more experienced teams that had been there before. Because mm-hmm. when things started going wrong, or when you know they got too into it, it the, the moment almost seemed too big. Um, and that's not a bad thing. That's just the reality of a young team and an experienced team. And we've seen that across multiple sports not even just the nfl a lot yeah. of the time the more experienced team wins because they've been there they know how to react they know how to prepare um know how to respond and so yeah, out right. of both of these games the more experienced and the more veteran team won and so the, and sometimes that's just
0: that's just what happens but mm-hmm. um yeah and and i think that there was a lot of talk going into this game about the lines defense and the lines defense hadn't been playing that well I mean, you look at the scoring, especially in the second half. Like a lot of it is not like it's not really on them. I mean, the the ball that bounces off the DB and goes straight into Ayuk's hands, like that's ridiculous. And then unlucky, and you got a turnover, you know, and the defense is on the back foot again. And then you got a failed, um, your you limited rest, and then they go for it on fourth down, fail, and now you got to got to go back out there and try to stop them. They get one gash play and you're pretty much done at that point. I don't think they played great, but I don't think that the Lions defense was the real weakness that we thought they were going to be. Um, I just, I think it was, I think came down to coaching. And so the 49ers also proved that they can, they can come from behind, which was a knock against them for a while is that they're not going to be able to do that. Um, And still doesn't count towards Shanahan's, he tied the game in the third quarter, so it doesn't add any stats to that one and thirty-one record that he has when trailing by five or more points going into the fourth. But you broke that last week. Yes. That was his first one last week. So Damn. it doesn't add to that. But I I I feel bad for Lions fans. Um
1: But it is still a really good season, though. And this is gonna hurt for a little bit, but like they went from yeah. being awful to being one game from the playoffs to winning the division, hosting their first home playoff game, making the NSC championship. Like it was the one of the I mean, their game away from being the most successful season in franchise history. Top five most successful season ever. Like that's a good season. And it, it doesn't stop the, you know, the bleeding. Like it's gonna hurt a little bit. But like you you gotta be happy if you're the Lions and they somehow retire they're going to bring back Ben Johnson. That just got announced. This OC, who is maybe one of the biggest names to become a head coach, is sticking around. That's mm-hmm. awesome. And they got a bunch of Laporta, Gibbs, a bunch of rookies, um, Jamison Williams, Amon St. Brown. Like, it's a young team. Their OC is coming back. The Lions will be back. I think they'll be fine. Um, mm-hmm. They will have a much harder schedule.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but I, I don't think this team's going anywhere.
0: I don't know what do you do. You agree with that or? Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, I think they could still be a playoff team. I think it's one, they're being helped out by the fact that their division's not very strong. I mean, they have two teams in that division that I don't think are going to be competing um, for anything anytime soon. And so that's going to help as well. Um, and and I think, I think that they're a good team. It is really hard to come back from a deflating loss like this. Um you know we often see the super bowl hangover where the team that loses the super bowl then has a pretty disappointing year the next year and i wonder if this was such an emotional season for them that that might happen but i think dan campbell if anything is definitely going to be able to motivate his guys emotionally and i i don't know if they'll have as much of a hangover as as other teams would in this scenario um i i mean i'm confident that they can at least be in the playoff picture who knows with the NFC it's it feels like yeah. it's so much harder to predict the NFC because they just don't have like three or four dominant quarterbacks where you're like well one of those guys is going to be there you know it's now mm-hmm. the 49ers which you did mention um this earlier I had a couple of podcasts ago a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about disappointments and the fact that the 49ers have gone even longer than the Cowboys without winning a Super Bowl um and at a certain point, it's going to get to like, they got to win one, right? They've had this stacked, the 49ers have been top three and stacked roster conversations for the last five or six years. And so they need to win one of these. But this is exactly why they're not the Cowboys, because they came back and they won a big game and they're now in the Super Bowl again. Um, and yeah. I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I think the Chiefs are going to, obviously, as a person who's a Chiefs fan. Um, and I I I genuinely believe that the Ravens were the best team left in the playoffs and we beat the best team left. So I, I'm confident, but anything could happen. The 49ers could definitely win. But I think that this is why, like, you point to Kyle Shanahan as a good coach and um, that skill positions matter. Christian McCaffrey matters. Debo Samuel matters. Brandon Ayuk matters. Trent Williams matters. Nick Bosa matters. Like, they're not as deep, I think, um, in terms of, like, guys who are making plays that are you know backups that don't see as much playing time that aren't on the field all the time they're not as deep as some other rosters but having top star talent matters especially when your quarterback's not great because i don't think prog is the top 10 quarterback in the league but that doesn't matter if they're able to get it done like this
1: yeah like you can be a game manager if the skill guys around you are just loaded and, and they're all pros and, and they are they got an all pro or at least near an all pro at receiver, they got an all pro tight end, they got an all pro left tackle, all pro running back. Like you don't have to be Patrick Mahomes when you have those guys around you. And so
0: mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And yeah, we'll see we'll see.
0: I don't know. I think he I think he is a game manager. I think Alex Smith, who said like I as the unofficial CEO or unofficial head of the game managers club, he's not getting an invite. I don't know. If you, you put you put twenty twelve Alex Smith on the that roster I, I I probably believe that they're going to make it to the same level if not higher I mean last year if they just had anybody that could grip the ball they would have been in the in the Super Bowl I think mm-hmm. there's just too much discourse around Purdy I, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback but I also don't think he's a bottom 10 quarterback I think he's middling I think he's decent Um, and people are like oh, he might be one of the worst quarterbacks to ever make the the Super Bowl which is possible, but like Jimmy G made a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco and Trent Dilfer won Super Bowls. Nick Foles. And Peyton Manning was amazing in the first Super Bowl that he played in. But by God, did you guys remember how bad he was that year for the Broncos? Von Miller had to carry him to a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And he got benched for Brock Osweiler during that season. Like it that, that I don't think this excludes them. I think there's gonna be a lot of people, myself included. Who are, may fall victim to the talk yourselves into this because Brock Purdy's not near as good as Patrick Mahomes, and you, so you got to take the better quarterback. I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily. I'm going to ride with Patrick Mahomes, but I don't think we should be discounting the Niners. And I think people are overrating and underrating Brock Purdy at the same time. I, I don't think anybody has an opinion that he's fine. I think it's always he's great or he sucks, which mm-hmm. I don't get.
1: Yeah. They- it's like, I feel like any, and this isn't even just in sports media, but it has to be like a hot or a cold take. Like you're either all the way this or you're all the way that, you know, it's, and so that's, that's just tough. Um, You mentioned kind of the underrated and overrated aspect of the teams. Right now the Niners are favored by two. I saw that it started at two and a half and I think it went to one and a half and now it's back up to two. So it's kind of mm-hmm. hanging around there. I wouldn't be surprised if it ended like one and a half, one in favor of the Niners I think some money is going to be thrown at the chiefs just with all this talk of like, Oh, road games, road games. Do you yeah, think the, That's
0: gonna to- the chiefs being underdogs. I think that the, they're going to start to adjust the line down. Cause a lot of people are going to be putting money on the chiefs. However, there's a lot of rooting interest against the chiefs. And a lot of people are just going to bet the way they want to root. So that's another yeah. thing. Um, I I think that this game is actually really a pick'em. I think that these teams are pretty even based off. I I think the Chiefs have definitely played better in the playoffs, but the Forty ers were a better team the whole year. Um,
1: I agree with that, yeah.
0: But they'll never do a pick'em because there's probably not a good way for these sports books to make money. So I think it'll probably stay at one and a half to two. I don't think it'll climb up unless there's you know, some, some unforeseen circumstances, some injuries yeah. some something like that. But other than that, I don't see it. I don't see it changing. Yeah.
1: Um, Nathan, you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that this is an Allegiant stadium in Las Vegas. Yep. Isn't it kind of comedic that the chiefs are playing in a Super Bowl in Las Vegas before, uh, the Raiders are, well, even I guess them. you could put anything. Yeah. I was gonna say fill yeah, in, fill in anything, any there, meaningful
0: you know? games in that stadium. Yeah, I mean it's pretty funny. Um, same thing happened. I mean, the, the the same thing happens a lot when these new stadiums get built, and then the teams don't get to play in there. But I don't know, it's gotta suck. I mean, if you're a Raiders fan, I don't know. Yeah,
1: you you remember that worker that buried the cheese flag under the yes, stadium? I do. It's, it's full circle now.
0: I do remember that. Um, it's nice to do that. It's always nice to to be able to hold that over the head of your. Of your rivals, that's why it would have been so fun to make the Super Bowl against the Rams and SoFi, because then you could have there mm. would have been a lot of Old Chargers jokes to be had wow. at that. I see what you're saying at the expense of them. So we didn't we'll get that get opportunity, but high.
1: we'll never get one a mile high. So now, nah, they're unless they do it, rebuild dome a dome or something. Denver, yeah.
0: Denver Super Bowl, yeah, no. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I think uh, if anything if we could end the podcast on any note, it's the fact that it's ridiculous that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have been able to do this, um, in this short amount of time. And I still can't believe that, you know, if you told me seven years ago that we would be the new the this decade's version of the New England Patriots and we would be the team that is competing for or in a Super Bowl pretty much every single year. I would not have believed you because in my mind, making a championship game was an unreachable goal. So it's just so nice to be a Chiefs fan, and it's amazing how one player can just turn around the prospects of your entire franchise and turn your franchise from what was often considered not a basement dweller, but a middling to below average franchise in, in NFL and one that underperforms constantly to... A juggernaut that's now—if we win this Super Bowl, we surpass some pretty historic franchises and kind of reshape what you think is an all-time great franchise. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: uh, Mahomes is fourteen and three in his playoff uh, his playoff record. Three losses being the Super Bowl fifty, and then two overtime AFC Championship games. Uh, his fourteen wins in the playoffs. Under the age of 30 is the most all-time. That's two ahead of Brady. And um, he is the first quarterback in NFL history to start in four Super Bowls before the age of 30. Um, yeah. It's the trajectory crazy. is is crazy. Um, and uh, it feels like it's just just beginning. But
0: And I wanted us to that trade is. up for Deshaun Watson in that draft. Whenever they yeah. said Patrick Mahomes and said Deshaun Watson, I was like, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, turns out hey. we are we are Andy Reid wouldn't have winning. let that
1: happen. In this upstanding culture.
0: Okay. You need to stop. I think the no, wants just to a dirt No matter yeah, what. He, I'm just glad I'm just glad I'm yeah, not making it. He didn't just he didn't just wake up and, and make yep. that decision one day. Yep. Yeah.
1: Nope. <laughs> yep. I agree. Yep.
0: I'm just I'm it's, not uh, making football decisions for the Chiefs because I'm dumb. Honestly. So
1: not, not, I wasn't saying honestly to you being dumb. I hadn't heard that part yet, I promise.
0: <laughs> it's okay. <laughs>
1: uh, but no, this is fun. It's a Super Bowl 54 rematch. Uh, the Chiefs first win of this, what some are saying, a dynastic run back in 2019. Rematch of the Niners and the Chiefs. We'll talk more about this next week. We'll get into actual lineups and uh, times, locations. I kind of want to talk about where each team's practicing and actually if that may help them in terms of mm-hmm. the game a bunch of different stuff we got plenty of time for that but uh, this has been a conference championship recap of the ravens chiefs lions niners um saw uh, nathan that this was the most watched championship weekend ever uh, peaked at 64 million views in the afc championship game at one point
0: the, which is t- insane. the t-swizzle effect
1: really is. And even the NFC Championship was the most watched. So I guess if Swifties are maybe interested in that. But I think, hey, NFL is becoming international and people are watching it. And so uh, welcome aboard. Um, Love football. Love this time of year. And, uh, well, we'll talk about the Super Bowl next week. Come on. Bye.